Hello, hello, Miami Dolphins fans, NFL fans, or anybody just tuning in. Welcome to an episode of the New Beginnings Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Moss, like always, and finally coming back to you after a uh, pretty extended hiatus. Um, it, it was a combination of, of starting off to kind of let some news build up. Uh, once the news did kind of start to, to break here and break there, um, I, I just had a lot of stuff going on. I was really busy, uh, really busy in, in my, you know, my work life, personal life and all of that. So it took me a while to be able to, to find some time to really uh, sit down and talk about all of this. But this is a good time to do it because uh, with, with the draft getting getting pretty close, um, we're, you know, we're just about there. It's right around the corner. Um, we can really kind of sit back, look at the entirety of all of these moves that the Dolphins have made. And it's been a while since I've talked to you about uh, any of it, going all the way back to Coach... Uh, McDaniel being hired, so um, there's there's an absolute me- metric uh, ton of things to discuss, and uh, we're going to go through them all. We're probably going to miss quite a few things that I that I should bring up that I'm going to forget along the way. Um, we'll try to talk about you know all the key players and and uh, feelings on that and in the state of the team right now. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. There's 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 plenty to get into. Uh, not not a whole lot of time to do it, but we'll see if I can make these podcasts a more regular thing and certainly as we get closer to the season and when the season begins I'll try to be more regular about that but um, until then I'll try to come to you whenever I can discuss it Um, a little little bit of background for anybody tuning in for the first time my name is Tyler Moss like I said at the beginning Uh, live in southwest Missouri lifelong Dolphins fan Um, you know uh, 31 years old so Whenever you kind of think about the last 20 years of, of watching Tom Brady, I've been right there for all of it. That's been the entirety of my uh, Dolphins fandom. So it's nice to uh, really see this team possibly coming together to something something that you know we can really look forward to watching game by game, uh, more so than, than we always do as just the fans of the team, um, in the hopes of seeing some some possible postseason success in the near future. Um, so that's, that's what we can all look forward to, I hope. Uh, but I don't have any, I don't have any, uh, experience as a podcaster or anything like that. Uh, this is something that I just kind of created off of a whim because I like talking, uh, about the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I love NFL football, uh, play a lot of fantasy football, enjoy that. Um, and, uh, really, you know, living in Southwest Missouri, I've got a lot of fans that are friends that are Chiefs fans, um, but not, not a lot of Dolphins fans. So there's not a whole lot of people that I can really talk to about that. And so I figured what better way than to um, just, you know, post my thoughts on here as just somebody who sits down in front of the TV and watches the game every day like uh, like many of you do out there. Um, so not not an expert, not uh, not anybody that you should uh, probably take, you know, take the word as, as gospel. <laughs> but um, I, I certainly enjoy uh, talking about what we all see, you know, on the TV each week and, and through the interviews. And I, I keep up... Um, with all of the all of the news, all of the like I like I just said interviews, um, all the set downs and the talks that the that the players or uh, uh, that you know that they have with with the with the media. So I, I like to listen into that. I think it gives you a lot of insight into uh, the mindset of different players on the team and as the team as a whole, um, and can really um, g- you know give you that little bit of extra level of excitement when you hear players talk about uh, their excitement for the season, their camaraderie with their fellow players, and. Um, and everything that goes with that. Uh, so with that being said, we'll go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, and the way that we'll jump into it uh, is, is to talk briefly about the draft because um, it is getting close. At the same time, the Miami Dolphins 
um, aren't, well, at, at, at this point, don't have much of a draft to talk about for this year. Um, but there are still picks, and there are picks that uh, could be very important to some, some needs that are still, you know, uh, present on this team. Uh, a couple of those needs being uh, center, at the center position, and um, what, the, what the Dolphins may choose to do in the draft. Um, I'm not, they haven't um, signed uh, uh, J.C. Treader to this point, which uh, was kind of the name that a lot of Dolphins fans were, were looking at as a possible signing. But um, to, to this point, that has not happened. It's still possible, I think, uh, unless he's been signed somewhere. I'll have to go back and, <laughs> and look now because I'm second-guessing myself. But, uh, but either way, to this point, uh, that doesn't look like uh, a position that they're they're looking to target um, going into the draft. So so the draft may be an area where they're looking to do that. Uh, I've seen a couple of different mocks where they have a center being taken. Uh, the first picks for the for, uh, for the Dolphins isn't going to be until the third round. So unless they're able to trade up, um, I know I believe his name is Tyler uh, Linderbaum. Uh, one you know projected to be the best center in in the draft and. Uh, uh, by all accounts, looks like he's going to be a very good center in the league. Um, he, he's he's one to possibly target, but he if you get lucky and he falls down to the end of the first round and breaks into the beginning of the second round, um, that's certainly a trade that you that you could see happening to come up and, and really try to get him. Uh, but most likely, if he's in the in, in the mid first round, I just don't see a way they're gonna yeah be able to put forth as much capital that it's gonna take to come up. Uh, another area that they're going to need to look at is is possibly middle linebacker uh, or a Mike linebacker, depending on exactly what you know what kind of player they want to fill a scheme. There's going to be linebackers that they can find in this draft uh, in those later rounds, and I I uh, suspect that that's what they're going to be doing is they're going to target uh, at least one linebacker at some point. Um, you know the accounts have a uh, Reuben Foster coming in for a visit with the team, so that's certainly somebody that you they could you know you could see them bringing on. Uh, somebody that would would definitely boost up the linebacker room, and they've they, you know they've re-signed a lot of players like Duke Riley, Landon Roberts, guys like that, um, that can definitely contribute uh, you know to that unit. Uh, but I but they certainly are are going to need to target somebody um, as kind of uh, w- you know what the future is going to hold for that position because Jerome Baker is still going to be there for a little bit, uh, but he does have his own limitations in, in certain areas um, and. And, you know, in certain aspects, there's still a lot that he really does need to prove that he can sustain uh, solid play throughout an entire year and really kind of, um, you know, be one of the big voices on that defense. So uh, I I love Jerome Baker. I think he's a great player. But there's, you know, I I certainly see that uh, position as an area of need right now. Uh, the newest reports as of uh, yesterday or the last two days have been uh, Melvin Ingram, formerly with the Chiefs, pass rusher, has been visiting with the Dolphins. Uh, certainly a, a, a big outcry from the fan base uh, when that news came out to, to try to get him signed. The overwhelming majority of what I saw were, were people that were excited to get him signed, and I, I certainly do agree. Um, I think that I think that you'd be able to get him for a reasonable price, and he's somebody that would, you know, bringing uh, John Jenkins back, you've got Christian Wilkins, um, you know, you've got uh, you, you've, you've got a, little, a lot of big bodies on the line right there. You really do. And I think uh, bringing him in w- would surely, uh, you know, solidify that defensive line where it wouldn't necessarily need to be addressed in the draft unless you had a, a player, you know, a highly rated player fall to you at some point. And, I mean, really, that's all, that's all I really want to touch on with the draft. That's, that's, that's the main points to get across. 
Uh, I mean, there's there's plenty more. Are they gonna are they gonna look for a, a young running back at some point? Um, are they gonna look for like a late round kind of quarterback to bring in uh, just to have somebody else in that room with that you know that young guy? I know that they they kept uh, they kept three quarterbacks on the roster previously. I don't know if they're gonna do that now. I, w- I would say not. They have to feel uh, pretty comfortable with Teddy, you know, being there as the backup. Um, so that's, that's certainly something that I could see them passing on. But uh, but there's there's a lot of different players in the draft, and there's different ways they could go. Uh, I've heard rumors about uh, possibly trying to get the, the punter sensation, and I can't think of his name off the top of my head right now. I'm sure plenty of you have probably heard his name at some point. Um, there's been a lot of talks about this punter and, and, and when he's going to get drafted, and that certainly would be something the Dolphins could look at. Uh, signing Thomas Morstead to the one-year deal, uh, definitely... Would, would would make me hesitate on actually drafting a punter, especially as high as, as some have this guy projected going, like in the fifth round. Um, so I, I think that probably holds off the punter discussion for another year or two. Uh, so I, you know, I don't, I don't see that. I don't see them heading that direction now. Uh, but the overwhelming, or no, the entire majority of the reason why why the Dolphins are not going to be having a very large draft this year is due to the massive moves they made. And we're going to get into all that right now, but I will start uh, by talking about the hiring of uh, Coach Mike McDaniel. Um, it comes on the heels of, of Brian Flores being uh, surprisingly let go by the team. And, of, of course, we've all seen the, the allegations and the uh, discussions that have been being had over um, over his lawsuit against the NFL and the Miami Dolphins, uh, the talks of... Uh, possible intentional tanking and paying him to, you know, offers of payment to do so. Um, so very serious allegations. All I can really say on that is if, if the rumors come out and they're true um, and the, there's blatant evidence that this has happened, uh, I, I don't think anybody's going to have an issue with Mr. Ross um, uh, being forced out the door. And, and a lot of people may not agree with that, but it's, it's certainly to the level of if you have uh, things affecting games in an in, in intentional um, deals behind the scenes is just something that, that you can't have happen on the team. It's just a very, very bad look. So something I, I surely hope is not true, um, and I do wish Brian Flores all the, all the best in his coaching career, where he goes from here. Um, I've got nothing against him, and I very much enjoyed uh, a lot of good moments over the years with him. So, uh, you know, definitely best wishes, and uh, I, I enjoyed watching him as, as the coach of this team and some of the things that he brought to the table. Um, but now that we are faced with the fact that Mike McDaniel is the coach of this team, uh, going through that hiring process when they were looking uh, for who was going to be the next coach, uh, the, the more that I started to hear about Mike McDaniel as I looked into him, as is, you know, he was just a name that was thrown out there amongst a couple other names, and I started looking into him. The more I looked into him, the more I liked, for sure. Um, seeing his interviews and everything that has come since the hiring uh, has only made me like him more. He, he certainly seems like... Uh, an extremely intelligent guy, um, somebody that can bring a lot of creativity and a lot of uh, uh, different look to this team, um, especially offensively. That I think this team is desperately needed for some time. They have been uh, they have been on the train of, of hiring more defensive-minded coaches, and certainly we have seen the benefits from that with a lot of uh, good you know defensive units and performances out on the field the last handful of years. Uh, but the offense has always been lackluster. Um, part of that has been due to the coaches, the schemes, um, and, and all the way down to the offensive performance that we've seen on the field. Uh, a lot of quarterback play that, we, that we've kind of been scratching our heads over for multiple years now, but as well as uh, 
a lot of uh, signings or not signings that have taken place as far as trying to bolster the offense, but that has not been the case this year uh, because they have made it a point to not only bring back their uh, um, high, you know high-end performers on both sides of the ball, uh, whether it be using the franchise tag on Mike Gusecki, which he has signed um, and has stated that he he is more than open to a long-term deal with this team. So hopefully uh, hopefully Mike comes out and has a very good year this year and they're able to get that kind of deal done. Um, that, that would be the best case scenario. But certainly on the one-year tag, if Mike puts up a, a, you know, a lackluster performance, there's a chance they could move on from him after this year. Um, another one of the moves being bringing back uh, pass rusher Emmanuel Ogba. Uh, somebody that I was extremely excited that they brought back and signed to that deal. He, he's been somebody who has expressed the want to stay in the city and play for this team. And uh, they were actually able to get it done. So I, I got a little worried for a while that they weren't. But, um, but the fact that they were able to get that done is, you know, speaks volumes to what they're trying to do with this team and what they've, what they've been able to do as far as working their money around. And um, throughout the entirety so far of, of this offseason going into the draft, uh, I just have to commend Chris Greer on, on the moves that he has made. You know, through, throughout all of this uh, controversy, Throughout all of the talking points that have surrounded this team throughout the offseason, um, many of which spurring from the firing of Brian Flores, uh, for him to go out and, you know, talk with this new coach coming in about what they want the vision to be and to go out and attack uh, these high level players and players that are going to immediately impact and win you games, uh, you just you can't speak enough to, to the kind of work that they have done. Um, you know, whether it be getting Xavier Howard signed uh, to, a, to a nice long contract and him stating that he wants to retire as a Miami Dolphin. I mean, it's just, it's very exciting. Um, they're able to rework uh, Byron Jones's deal to free up some more cap space. Uh, they were um, able to uh, bring, bring back basically everybody on defense for, for the most part. Um, you know, even, even re-signing uh, Duke Riley, getting, you know, getting a lot of these other guys, a lot of uh, players that, that will contribute their snaps here and there, but that are big uh, key players and have been on, on special teams and other areas on the field. But we talked briefly about the splash players, and we'll go ahead and get into it because I think we've, we've danced around it long enough. Um, we'll start off from the beginning with, with the signing of Chase Edmonds. Uh, and we, we can go ahead and group him with Raheem Mostert, with the both of them coming in. Um, I was very excited to see Chase Edmonds join the team. He's, he's a running back that I've, that I've liked for quite a while. I think he's a good, very good player. Um, so I was excited about that, but then to see Raheem Mostert get added to the group and, and what he can bring, and especially with the two of those guys together. Uh, you, see, you see it around the league a lot, with, um, especially in the San Francisco offense that uh, you know, Coach McDaniel was a, was a part of before for, for so long. And the running success that they would have there with Raheem Mostert, uh, with Elijah, Elijah Mitchell, who is there right now, with, with many other guys that have come through that system. And they have been able to use them successfully and together to, uh, to, to put out you know, some of the best running, you know, running yards or running averages for the teams uh, in the NFL. So that's something that the Miami Dolphins have desperately needed. Um, and they, they've certainly attacked that area and brought in some high-level players. And spurring off of that, um, an area that has been an issue for the Miami Dolphins for close to 20 years now has been the offensive line. And while uh, they have made plenty of moves and used plenty of draft picks in the past uh, to try to address this, it is it has not worked. And, um, you know, plenty of people or plenty of players coming through being called busts, um, 
you know, there's there's been plenty of people that even with the Laramie Tunsil trade were were criticizing that, even though the Dolphins got a haul for it and and have uh, certainly gotten a lot of fruits from that tree. Uh, it, so, I mean, I personally think it was an amazing trade and a great trade, but uh, it's certainly being criticized as far as the, the poor offensive line play and, and the continuing poor offensive line play afterwards has, um, has been a talking point. Uh, but to go, to go out and bring in Connor Williams, who's going to play at left guard most likely, uh, from, from the Cowboys, he, he's somebody that, you know, you can, he certainly has his ups and downs and has had issues in certain areas as far as flags and in other things. But uh, somebody who's played at a very high level and been part of an offensive line that was regarded as one of the best units in the league for, for quite a while uh, with, with, with the Dallas Cowboys. So bringing that in, it's a lot of, a lot of great veteran play experience and is uh, somebody who, you know, solidifies that position for you uh, and that you can expect to, you know, if, if available, be a high-level player at that position. Um the news came out about the Dolphins uh, trying to get Teron Armstead from the Saints, uh, formerly of the Saints, and get him signed. Uh, that, that was a, a story that came out and was out for quite a while. Uh, the, you know, it seemed like it almost wasn't going to happen, and I was a little worried for a while because it, was, it seemed like it went on forever um, to wait and see if the Dolphins were going to be able to get him signed, and they were able to do so uh, with, with, a, with an amazing deal, um, big money deal, paying the man you know, like one of the best in the league, which he has been, uh, and, and really just locks in your left tackle. Uh, and, and really, when it comes to the running game and uh, in the passing game, which we're going to be talking about as well here soon, um, it, it's going to create a uh, far superior situation than, than what any of these Dolphins players have had uh, in front of them in regards to the offensive line in, in, in quite a few years. Um, so, yeah, you look at it right there. It's, whenever you kind of break it down at what it's going to look like at the moment, uh, we have Tron Armstead at left tackle. Uh, there's going to be Connor Williams at left guard. Right now, Michael Dieter, uh, I believe, is, is, is going to be the listed uh, starter at center right now, uh, unless they bring somebody in or look to the draft for that position, as we spoke about before. Um, between your right tackle and your right guard, you're gonna, it's going to get interesting because you know Jesse Davis is, is no longer with the team, thank God. <laughs> but um, it, you know, it, it's, it, it's really going to come down to Austin Jackson and, uh, and Liam Eichenberg and uh, Robert Hunt, who who I will expect to, uh, you know, I, I would say I would expect him to play at right guard still because he's played there and had success there the last couple of years. But he is somebody who has experience playing at tackle as well um, before he came into the league. So that, that certainly is an option. So between those three players, uh, with Austin Jackson, Eichenberg, and, uh, and Robert Hunt, you're going to look at who's going to fill in that right guard and right tackle position. Um, Robert Hunt is, is going to be a lock to be one of those starters, uh, but at which position we'll have to kind of wait and see what they decide on and what, what kind of shapes as, as they go through in the OTAs and the training camp um, and to get, get a better idea of that. And certainly with you know the release of some of those offensive linemen, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they look to bring in a young uh, tackle or guard in the draft if, if, the, if you know, the right one falls to them. Uh, but going back to the Toronto Armstead signing, so I was obviously very, very excited about that. Uh, remember the news coming out uh, the day that it did and, and being very excited, feeling very good about what the Dolphins have done so far. 
Um, they had signed Cedric Wilson Jr., who I didn't talk about as well, a uh, wide receiver from the Cowboys. And he's, he's a wide receiver that I've actually watched for quite a while because I have a few friends that are Cowboys fans. And um, he, he was a guy that was always able to put up good numbers every year. And, and it really helped his team you know, in, in contributing towards their wins because he would make big catches and put up big numbers in different moments. He, he's not going to be your number one stud receiver, but he is a guy that can work over the middle, short routes, but still has a lot of speed uh, to go deep as well. So he's a very versatile uh, wide receiver and, and somebody that's going to bring a lot as far as what your wide receiver three is going to be. Um, and he will be the wide receiver three, most likely, uh, because the first two spots are going to be taken up by Jalen Waddle and the new wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins, Tyreek Hill. And my goodness, my goodness. Um as somebody who lives in Southwest Missouri and, and has an abundance of Chiefs fans and, and, and is surrounded by Chiefs fans every day, it was, um, it was huge news. Uh, I, I was driving around running errands the day after the Toronto Armstead signing and feeling pretty good. Uh, I see on my phone a message that says that Tyreek Hill is, is, is in you know talks uh, with joining the Miami Dolphins or the New York Jets. And I looked at that and I thought, you know, you, we get enough... Uh, fake news updates on our phone that, that end up not being true or stories that, you know, that just pop up and never see anything else about it and never happens. Uh, so I thought, there's, you know, there's no way that's not going to happen. Um, and not even 15, 20 minutes later <laughs> after that, um, I, I, I get the news that, that Tyreek Hill has joined the Miami Dolphins. And really, in, in, in my opinion, this move, it speaks, it speaks volumes volumes to what the Dolphins are looking to do. They are looking to compete, and they are looking to compete now. Um, with a player like like Tyreek Hill, uh, the, the possibilities are truly endless. And having a player like, like this on your team, um, because he, he is, in my opinion, he is the best overall, you know, talent skill-wise, he is the best overall player in the NFL. Um, I would consider Devontae Adams probably the best wide receiver in the NFL. Um... But it's debatable, you know. I mean, uh, Tyreek Hill's numbers and his success speak for the, you know, they, it all speaks for itself. And, you know, in my opinion, though, I still put him as the top player in the NFL. Uh, just just for what he can bring to the table and what he demands as a player on the field from the other team. And that's something that is truly invaluable. Um, giving up five picks to get him was quite a bit. Uh, but the way that they were able to work all of these deals and bring in all of these players this offseason and still keep... Their two first-round picks for next year, I think, is is one of the most masterful things that they could have done. And, I mean, they, they executed it to perfection. Um, which, you know, it's, it's the talking point now to talk about Tua, and we're, we're going to, so we'll get there. Um, but but that certainly is, is able to give you a lot of flexibility in the future. Um, but kind of finishing up on Tyreek Hill, uh, between having him, Jalen Waddell, and, and Cedric Wilson Jr. on, on this team... Uh, as, as your main core of wide receivers, uh, I, I think is, is something that Miami Dolphins fans haven't seen for some time uh, in regards to an elite wide receiving core. Um, this is something that's going to be fun to watch for the you know for the foreseeable future. And if, if Mike McDaniel is is anywhere as intelligent and uh, a genius as he's been called, and is as big of a schemer and uh, the way that he can navigate offenses. If he's anywhere near as good at that as what's being, you know, talked about with him by 
not only, you know, past coaches he's worked with or, or people that, that know him personally in, in the field of, you know, uh, of, uh, of hosts or, or, or talk show people, um, the players, the players that come out and have spoken so highly of him. It's been incredible. Uh, his past um, players at San Francisco and the things that they've said, it's been, uh, they, they put him in very high regard. And uh, if he's able to emanate that, at least anywhere close to what we've heard, I think that this Miami Dolphins team can take a huge step forward. And for a team that was right on the cusp of being that, you know, playoff team that could at least get into the playoffs and once that happens you never know but that's that's why squeaking into the playoffs is the biggest deal and they've been right on the fringe here the last couple of years and and they're a team that um looking from the outside that they're that they're one step away from making that jump and you know getting getting players like Tyree Kill getting uh players like all of the other ones that they've either retained or brought in this offseason uh you look at how many wins can those type of players get you um, by themselves, just by bringing them on? And Tyree Kill obviously will move the needle more than anything else. But even just with the, you know, with the upgrade in running backs and in in on the offensive line, when you are able to uh, culminate all of that together, and and you think of how many wins can all of these players help the Dolphins to go up? You know, in those. Um, Many of those games that they lost last year at the beginning of the year, uh, when they were on their losing streak, they lost by you know three points or less, or or a touchdown or less, or however you want to put it. Um, but these kind of players can impact those games and be the difference in you losing by three points or winning by ten points. And I, I think that's going to really uh, put this team in a place where they can they can truly win some games and 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 be a good team. But as they always say, especially this off season, it's going to come down to none other than Tua Tungavailoa. And, I mean, we'll get the talking point out of the way before we dive further into it. Uh, But the talking point being that, you know, the Dolphins have kept those two first-rounders next year uh, in case it doesn't work out with Tua. You know, whether they have to trade for somebody during this year if it goes that badly and maybe Teddy's not looking good, uh, or they have to address it uh, next offseason if the season doesn't go as planned. And... I mean, the only thing you can really say to that is, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I, I'm somebody who, who in all respects, is 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 a Tua Tungavailoa fan. I think he has a lot of elite skills, um, not only physically but mentally, that he can bring to the game, and he can truly lead a successful team. I do believe that um, from what we've seen in college, from uh, truly how his personality is and the way that he does handle adversity. Uh, it's it's been it's been top notch. But as far as the play on the field, um, it's been up and down. And, we, you know, we've seen the injuries as part of that as well. But the play on the field has, has been up and down. There's been a lot that you can point to that's been bad, bad decision-making at times. Um, and one of the biggest knocks has been, been the downfield throwing, which whenever you compare numbers to other quarterbacks, um, it's, not, it's not as bad as it seems. Uh, you know, it, he... He didn't lead the league in, in passes at or behind the line of scrimmage. That was Patrick Mahomes. Um, he's also tied with Patrick Mahomes last year on the amount of, and I, I might get this number wrong, I think it was 40-plus passing uh, passing uh, com, you know uh, completions. I'm pretty sure that they both completed four passes for 40 yards or more last year. 
I might be wrong on that. There, was, I, I saw it online, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think if I got those numbers right or not. But I'm going to say it's something like that. But I do know that they had the same amount of completions that were for you know 30 or 40 plus yard passes. Um, so that does that doesn't mean at all that he's anywhere near to the level of what we're seeing from Patrick Mahomes. It's not that you know those numbers are not meant to try to compare Tua to Mahomes in in their in regards to their skills. What it's meant to do is to show you that Tua Tungavailoa can throw deep. Um, it, I, you know, I watched every, I've watched every game that he's played in so far. I have seen him be able to attempt or throw, phys, you know, physically, uh, be able to throw those passes. The biggest not the biggest knock for me has been the bad play from the offensive line. We can't. I, I understand that we don't want to make excuses for Tua Tungavailoa, and we don't want to. Um, you know, point to every time that he's not able to throw deep or that he makes a bad decision, point to somebody, you know, point to the wide receiver or point to the offensive line. You don't want to constantly do that. But but to ignore the fact that the Dolphins have had one of the bottom three, if not the bottom, uh, you know, offensive line group in the NFL for a couple of years now, a few years now, maybe, um, and have been been one of the worst for a long time. I mean, you know, a bottom tier unit for a long time, other than a, a sporadic year here and there. Um, to to ignore that fact, I think is is just negligent. I really do. I think that that is something. If you don't, it's it's just going to be common sense that if you don't have enough time to throw the ball, or you're uh, constantly having to worry about what's in front of you, it's going to affect your play as a quarterback. And he he's done a good job um, in regards to his completion percentage and the numbers he's been able to put up uh, with the amount of sacks and pressures and other things that have come his way. Um, but I think if, if we're able to see some some upper-level offensive line play, I think it, it truly could make a huge difference um, from what we see from Tua Tungavailoa this year. But all that being said, and circling back around um, to, to the original point here with, with uh, the team keeping those two first-round picks for next year, um, yeah, if it doesn't work out, you have those picks. You have every opportunity uh, to go after a Tom Brady, to go after a Aaron Rodgers, to go after um, any upper-level guy that you think that you can bring in, and you've got the capital to to try and do that, um, or even just you know finagling those two picks uh, into uh, trying to get a quarterback in, in the draft. Because from from all accounts, what I've heard, uh, there's going to be more upper-level quarterbacks available in next year's draft at least compared to this one and that's by you know by people that know a lot more than me so I <laughs> I can't claim to know enough about the quarterbacks this year let alone next year so um, just going off of you know what I've what I've heard in regards to that but but saying the Dolphins have those two first round picks and that they can move on um, if, if things don't work out is not is not in itself an attack or a or a uh, degradation of Tua Tungavailoa it's just a team, you know, putting themselves in a good position uh, to account for all possibilities. Uh, you know, that I don't think that that speaks anything towards their belief in Tua Tungavailoa. It's just a safety net and one that, um, that, that you know, honestly, that it should be something that's a good thing more than a bad thing. Uh, because, because if Tua Tungavailoa has a very, very good year this year and is able to elevate his play and be a top 10 quarterback in this league and, that you know, able to break through, uh, then you've got those two first-round picks, and you can use them on uh, amazing players. You can you can solidify that offensive line. You can bring in another um, per, you know productive player on offense. You can go out and target a top-level middle linebacker to bring in as kind of Jerome Baker's replacement slash the second linebacker for the time being. Um, 
there's there's so many things that you can do that really opens up for this team's future. But really, when I think about the state of this team, um, in in everything that we've talked about so far, I I it really just comes together to make me think that they have finally put themselves in a good position currently and for the future. Um, I, I think they need to hit. There's a lot of things that need to hit. And it's the same for every team every year. And this team's no different because it takes a lot of things going right in an NFL season for a team uh, to be able to find themselves in the playoffs and in performing at a high enough caliber to to threaten uh, threaten other teams in the playoffs to ultimately try to make it to the Super Bowl. So it's 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 by far a perfect process or a process that can truly be nailed down just from the the unknowns that happen throughout every NFL season. Um, we saw that from a lot of the hype that came out with the Browns and look where they are now. And I mean, it's, it's easy to say that the Browns are the Browns and that's why it happens. And it's, it's very funny. Don't get me wrong, but um, you know, we, we saw them really bring in a lot of big name players, um, bolster up a lot of their offense and have high level, uh, high level players at their position too, uh, whether it be Nick Chubb and, and, uh, and, and, you know, uh, Jarvis Landry and the other guys that were over there, and they brought in Odell Beckham, and that didn't play out the way that they had hoped, I'm sure. And now Baker Mayfield is, is having a controversy with <laughs> with that team and, and, and being done there, and it's just, um, it's a mess. And so it can happen regardless of how many good players you bring in or, you know, uh, if, if the media thinks that you're bolstered up enough to be a, a favorite to make the Super Bowl, um, things just cannot go your way. And I, but, but if you're going to at least be in that conversation, you want, you want to be the team that brings in those players, because at least, you know, you have the talent, you have the, the, um, position players that you're talked about as one of those teams where it's possible. And I think that they, they've finally gotten to that level. Uh, they're going to have to come out and show it on the field though. And it's not going to be easy. The AFC as a whole is the strongest it's probably ever been, especially in years, at least, uh, the AFC West alone with uh, with the Chiefs obviously still being there, and a lot of people are talking about them losing Tyreek Hill and, and how that can affect them, but at the same time, they're still an amazing team and an incredibly coached team. Uh, and they're, they're you know with Patrick Mahomes and and those guys over there, they're they're not going to go anywhere. They're still going to be the team to beat in, in you know in that sense, and they're going to continue to be that with Patrick Mahomes there at the helm and Andy Reid behind him. So. Uh, that's not going to change. But the, with the rest of their division, I mean, the Chargers bolstered themselves up on defense, uh, I mean, astronomically. It was it was amazing, the, the defensive players that they are able to bring in. Uh, the Raiders were able to extend Derek Carr, who's been up and down, but, but, you know, consistently a pretty decent player in this league. And, and they're able to bring in Devontae Adams for him and give him uh, that big-name receiver that, that he's needed for some time. Um, they still got Josh Jacobs. They've got uh, a, a decent defense. They've brought in some players, so they're they're going to be a pretty good team. Uh, and you have the Broncos getting Russell Wilson. I mean, you you can't you can't ignore how that division has um, really attacked this offseason in the hopes to uh, topple the Kansas City you know domination that that's, that's been taking place over there. Uh, whenever you look over to the to the AFC North. Uh, you can see Pittsburgh, they bring in Mitchell Trubisky, yes, but they still have a pretty good defense, and they've got, you know, they've got a lot of playmakers on offense still, so if Trubisky is able to play at a decent level, they're going to be a pretty good team. Um, 
The Browns still have quite a few playmakers over there. They've got an incredible running game, so I'm sure even though they've had the, the Baker Mayfield controversy going on, that they're they're still going to be a team uh, that's very difficult to beat, especially with their, their stout defense. Uh, the Ravens obviously still will have Lamar Jackson, um, which is, you know, this is going to be a big year for him, sure, but he is an out, still an outstanding player. There's nothing nothing else you can say about him. Um, and, you know, they, they, they're always a very well-coached team. They're going to be a very hard defensive team. They've got some uh, good offensive weapons in Hollywood Brown. They've got a, a pretty good running game. Um, so, you know, that, that team's not going to be going anywhere either. And, I mean, and then getting to, you know, we haven't even talked about the Bengals, who who represented uh, the whole AFC in the Super Bowl this last season and, and look like with Joe Burrow playing at a high level that in uh, in Jamar Chase being an incredible receiver, they're going to be hanging around for quite a while, and they're going to be a, a very difficult team to beat uh, for for many years going forward. Um, and we won't go over all of them, but it, we'll, you know we'll at least tackle the AFC East. Even uh, the Jets are still going to be down there, but they're they're constantly trying to make moves. They're constantly trying to get better. That's just you know it's fun to make fun of the Jets. I love it. It's hilarious. Um, but honestly, you know, it's it's funny to make fun of them only in the fact that they've been worse than us and we haven't been good. So that's you 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 just can't you can't ignore the fact that they're obviously trying to get better. They're trying to make moves. So and you never know when when a team that's been down like that can emerge as somebody who's going to contend with you and make it more difficult for you to work your way up within your own division. Um, so that certainly happens quite a bit. Uh, going over to the Patriots, uh, they, they obviously get Devontae Parker from the Miami Dolphins, which, I mean, in my opinion, was a, a good trade for both sides. Um, so I, 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 I've got nothing against that. Uh, it's tough to see him go within the same division, especially to the Patriots. Uh, but I've got a lot of respect for Devontae Parker. I've liked watching him over the years. And, and the, the injury, the, the, the constant injuries have, have, been, have been, you know, just uh, two steps back with every step forward. Um, but he's put up a lot of big moments and had a lot of big moments on this team, and so it's I certainly wish him the best. And it's been a lot of a lot of, a lot of fun watching him um, and, and hearing him, you know, in the media and what he says. And he's been certainly respectful of this team whenever he left. So that's been um, been something that you don't always see. But he certainly handled himself very well. And uh, you know, he's gonna he's gonna be a good player for the Patriots if he's healthy and stays on the field. He's gonna be a great target for Mac Jones. Uh, because he's a, he's a big body. He's definitely a possession ball kind of guy, um, and not somebody that's going to use speed and, and, and blow past you. But uh, he's a good safety net, and he's he's a guy that can put up some big numbers. Uh, but uh, you know, as, as far as the Patriots, the rest of their offense, uh, they've got a decent running game with Damian Harris, and they've they've uh, seen some good things from Mac Jones in his first year. And so, if he can take a step forward, uh, even with the not great unit of wide receivers, in my opinion, and uh, their their defense possibly taking a step or two back uh, with, with a lot of players that they've lost this offseason. Uh, I, I see them still being a, a very good team just because, I mean, they're coached by one of the best coaches in history, um, and they're, they're always competitive. So you can't ever count them out no matter what their team looks like. Um, and then you've, you've got the Buffalo Bills sitting there at the top. We can say at the top because they've been... They've been incredible. They've been uh, on the tail end of their rebuild here, and now they're trying to bolster themselves up to be just a every year contender. And they're they're a very good team. Um, it's it's going to be tough. That whole division is going to be very difficult. But you have to be excited about the moves that the Dolphins have made and in the position that they put themselves in. They've done a very good job. Um, 
giving us something to, to really get excited about going into this year. But as we get closer to the draft, um, I hope you all will still be tuning in. And, you know, I enjoy watching the draft every year. And regardless of what happens, uh, if the Dolphins don't trade up into the first round and we watch the entire first round and, and don't see a player come the Dolphins' way, we, we can still sit back and be happy because we've got Tron Armstead, we've got, we've got Tyreek Hill, um, and in, in my opinion, those picks were, were well spent. And I think the Dolphins are in a very good place. Uh, and they've already started, you know, building up as they did with Devontae Parker, trying to build up picks for, for next year as well. So I think next year we're going to see a very big year in regards to the draft for the Dolphins. So I, I, the only reason I could see them using any of those future picks um, for this year would, would be, as I said earlier, to go and attack a center, namely uh, Tyler Linderbaum. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm going to be watching the draft. Uh, whenever they start to come out with the, we, we obviously have the opponents for next year and we can discuss that uh, another time, but I, I like to wait until the actual schedule comes out because it's nice to look at the nuances of, of, you know, exactly when they're going to be playing these teams or when they're going to be traveling to that city, what weather conditions might look like, uh, what time of the year it is. Um, when's your bye week or are you having to play this team after playing a difficult team the week before? And honestly, how many uh, primetime games the Dolphins can expect for this year? I don't know. I, I don't want to get my hopes up on it, but I, I know that they have made a lot of splashes and been talked about a lot this offseason. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them in a couple of uh, pretty decent primetime games. Maybe not a bunch like you see with these upper level teams, but I, I can see them uh, getting them out there just with the excitement and the, the energy and the speed that this t- uh, team now has. But that's all I really have for you today. Uh, Feel free to go over to the Facebook page, the New Beginnings Podcast Facebook page. Send me a message. Uh, just, you know, if you want to say hi, if you want to ask a question about something I can bring up on the show. Uh, I noticed that I didn't have the messaging turned on on the Facebook page, and I believe I've got that fixed now. So if you tried to do so before and weren't able to, so I'm sorry about that. I think that I've got it fixed. If not, uh, look me up on my you know actual page. My name's Tyler Moss, and you can look me up on there. Uh, it should be able to be linked through the um, New Beginnings Facebook page. It should be on there, I believe, as the, the creator. But just go to my Facebook page, send me a message. Um, look forward to having discussions with fellow Dolphins fans or NFL fans alike. Uh, I will try to start coming to you more so. I'm probably not going to go back to every week uh, coming out with one just yet. I might, but if if I don't have time to do so, I'm not going to force the issue right now. uh, Only because, you know, other than maybe a a signing, a last minute signing here or there, uh, for the most part, we're looking at the team we're going to look at until we get to the draft. So getting closer to the draft, getting uh, getting where we're releasing the schedule. If there's any big talking points that come out of uh, training camp or any any breaking stories, any controversial type of stories that are making their way around, um, I'll try to come to you with that and, and make an episode out of it. But I like to th- let things build up a little bit when there's just not quite as much going on. Um, let it build up a little bit too much for this last one. But <laughs> like I like I said at the beginning, just got pretty busy. So, um, but I'm happy to be back. Excited to be back, and I'm excited to see what we're going to see from this Miami Dolphins team. And I hope all of you are too, because it, it, it really has the feeling of something special. It could possibly be in the making here. But my, again, my name is Tyler Moss. This is the New Beginnings Podcast. Fins up, everybody. I will see you next time.